I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. My husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, and Monday is Veterans Day. So we together want to say thank you to all of you who have dedicated your lives to the defense of our constitutional republic and the principles that make America great. Amen. Let me ask you a, sec- a question, JC. Just from your studies in foreign affairs and your studies of foreign traditions and culture, have you ever seen a country that does not celebrate their independence from a ruling, outside ruling body? Uh, Other than the United States. I think of. I mean, think about, I mean, we, we celebrate, with my little air quotes, on the 4th of July. Problem is, a, a good portion of Americans don't even know what they're celebrating on the 4th of July. But my question is, uh, and this is what comes to mind, Cuba, they celebrate Che Guevara everywhere, don't they? Yeah. I mean, everywhere. And other countries hold up the documents of their independence, the heroes of their independence everywhere. Right. On a regular basis. Sure. I just, I, I, I want to know why we don't do that in America. I really don't. I mean, I, again, I, I know that this is maybe trivial, but... Google has these little things that they post on their Google page every day, some kind of commemoration of something going on. And other than July 4th, which those of you who follow the Chris Ann Hall Show regularly, you know that's not actually our Independence Day. Our actual Independence Day is July 2nd. When do... When when does Google or anybody in mainstream media ever celebrate the documents and the efforts of our independence. Well, I can tell you, you, you know, you said looking at other countries and cultures and stuff like that. The the really simple, the simple answer, the sort of back to the root is multiculturalism is is the problem. OK, and I don't I don't necessarily mean that in derogatory, but if you look at other countries, for instance, Cuba and, you know, whatever country, they're mostly Homo- a homogenous culture 
and country. Well, they're um, very they're very ethnically diverse. They are ethli- ethnically diverse, but Cuba is hugely ethnically yes, diverse. Yes, you can see every color of Cuban you can imagine, but they don't. But they still they're all Cuban. They identify themselves right? as they, Cubans. They don't say we're Russian Cuban, African Cuban, whatever Chinese Cuban. So in America, because it's a melting pot, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's a it's a. Uh, a complicated history when we look at, you know, who some of these people were, what was going on, mix in slavery and all this stuff. So you bring in all these cultures. Oh, you got to respect the culture. So I think a lot of it's because of multiculturalism. We try to we have essentially rebranded Independence Day to make it less offensive to, to everybody. You know, we have to respect all cultures and all because we have all cultures present in the United States. So that that's the that's really the difference. So in a we lot don't of identify as Americans. We identify as hyphenated Americans. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, because of so not because of I guess you can say how we identify, but because of the presence of that. So you have mm-hmm. you, you built this perspective of. Well, isn't there also a tinge of that, no, like, of that no teaching problem. you have to hate America and its foundation yeah, as so that's, well? So right, so that's the bad, that's the bad part of multiculturalism, right. and so part of that perspective, like multiculturalism, that's not bad. It's not a bad thing in the sense of we have all sorts of different cultures and things come together. I mean, that's how you grow. That's how you build understanding, build compassion. You know, things like, you know, those are those are positive things, but. The other the idea what you're talking about is the is the supplanting. So, yeah, we can learn from all these cultures. But when I, when I look at, you know, for instance, I look at. Uh, so this is going to sound like hate speech or whatever, but you look at some Middle Eastern culture with Sharia and just oppression. That's just an accepted normal part of the culture. Right. And has been, you know, since the beginning uh, and, and is a tenet of their ideology you know yeah i i can learn from that but one of the things i learned from that is we do have a better core culture uh, as far as how can as that what, be hate speech what <laughs> we believe. well you know what i'm you know how it goes i, I mean, know the lefties, how it goes what, seriously that's what barack we're o- better what barack obama <laughs> said we're just like greece we're just like or he you know, wanted us to be just like no no he said we are, are just like mm. he named all these places we're we're no because he was talking about american right. exceptionalism he said we're no more exceptional than this that or the other and <laughs> we're we are much better than the middle east we don't walk down the street and beat people with morality police and we don't make women well, wear here, bed sheets all day long so here's the distinction it's um and i think what for Barack Obama and some of the how, how their mind is manipulated and controlled, so they look at they look at the things. So, so instance, take take an instance of you know legit police brutality against some person, or let's say it's a it's a it's a minority, right? So you look at that thing where a bad guy does bad stuff mm-hmm. to a minority, and so they see that, right. and then therefore America's not exceptional. So. Those Instead are, of recognizing are, that in those other countries, those are the government force as a whole doing those okay, things. Okay, so this is what I'm trying to say. Those are not reflective of American ideals, yes, right? Okay. Those, that is because we're not living up to 
our exceptionalism. So they, they right. don't understand ah, those this distinctions. This is what, what Frederick Douglass was talking about. I, exactly. So, yeah. so therefore, if you don't understand, right, so they look at that and they, and they say in their mind because of their brainwashing, that represents who America is, uh-huh. right, and what America stands for, what America is built upon, which right. it does not. So they don't have the perspective of, hey, you need to live up to what America is. They say, okay, this is what America is, therefore we need to, we need to change it, we need to transform it, we need to get rid of it, we need to supplant it with something else. So, so that's the problem. When you talk about uh, the celebration of, of uh, say, Independence Day, it's because of that twisted perspective that grows out of a distorted view, this distorted ideology of multiculturalism that says we can't celebrate that in that way because America's bad, you know, at its core. So we, it just has to be about hot dogs and baseball and fireworks and family and grilling out. Well, you might want to be asking, Christian, why it's not July? Why are you not? Why are you talking about this today? Well, today is a very important day in the history of our independence. And a lot of people don't even know about it. This is November 9th. And on November 9th, 1775, our Continental Congress uh, drafted one of the, f- it, again, this is really a, a version of a, an independence of declaration, or a declaration of independence, rather. They signed uh, the Agreement of Secrecy on November 9th, 1775. It reads, resolved that every member of this Congress considers himself under the ties of virtue, honor, and love of his country, not to divulge directly or indirectly any matter or thing agitated or debated in Congress before the same shall have been determined without leave of Congress nor any matter or thing determined in Congress which majority of the Congress shall be kept in secret that if any member shall violate this agreement shall be expelled from Congress and deemed an enemy to the liberties of America and liable to be treated as such and that every member signify his consent to this agreement by signing the same. Yeah. Now there's over 80 people who signed this document Which between says, June and uh, June of 1777 and uh, November of 1775. Yeah. Which is we're about to do this. And, we are and we loose are to, lips sink ships. Right, we're about so to do this. So you with us or not? We're we're going to and and who's the first signatory on this document? John Hancock. Right. Right. So this is the document that says we understand that in the eyes of the government we are going to commit treason now. Undoubtedly, there's some conspiracy out there. This is this is the secret cabal because it's yeah. the pledging the secrecy. We're doing it in secret. So what did they do in secret? That because I I think I've run across that. There's some secret constitution and secret this and secret that that they made because of this. This has to do with we're about to overthrow this government. We're about, <laughs> to, we're about to declare independence. And, and we don't feel like hanging no, for it. None of you chumps better be 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 some infiltrator that's going to run your mouth and betray us. Exactly, so exactly. And these are the people. Just a pledge. Right, it is a pledge. It is a pledge to secrecy for the love of that they have for their country, for the love that they have for liberty, for the love that they have for each other. And and to secure that, they understood that there couldn't, like you said, loose lip sync ships. We can't have somebody running off to Parliament telling them what we're about to do. Hey, King, they're about to overthrow the government, bro. 
Yeah. And I got 80 names. I got 80 names. <laughs> yeah, I got so 80 November names. 9th, 1775. Where was was this signed in Philadelphia, I guess? In the yeah, in the Continental Congress. Um actually, you know what? I don't I don't actually know that for sure. I didn't I didn't look that far. Um but here's the thing. We have Roger Sherman is a signer of this document. Roger Sherman is the only person to have signed the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights, and this agreement of secrecy. So Roger Sherman, you don't learn much about Roger Sherman, but dude, he was on board the whole way. Hardcore the whole way. And you got John Hancock signing both the Declaration of Independence and the Agreement of Secrecy right there at the top. John Jay. Uh, Benjamin Franklin, all of these guys who would eventually sign the Declaration of Independence are signing this document too. A day in history forgotten. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Hey, uh, here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. We talked during the week um, on the Daily Journal about Trump and the... Acosta. In Acosta and Acosta's forearm shiver to the press staffer, which obviously is now being twisted by the media, right? I saw him stab her. <laughs> And hit her in the head with a club. That's what I saw on live television. Li- <laughs> I mean, I can't believe it. It's crazy, man. Now now they've got the whole I thing went, broke I, down I, in slow motion yeah, where she you, attacked him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can see her with her brass knuckles. She goes upside his temple, and he was just defending himself. <laughs> she finishes off with a gra- with a yeah. Kimura. Right. <laughs> And a TKO tap out. <laughs> Flying mighty mouse. So anyway, uh, this is see, this is not about Trump. This is not about uh, anybody but the media themselves. Oh, yeah. They're disruptors. I mean, and I'm all for freedom Somalia. of press, right? But they're, this they're is not, not freedom press. of press. They're not the press. This is this is a mafia mob geared at not finding out information. That's exactly right. No, mob mob is exactly right. Yeah. This when you look at that the what do they call it? The White House press corps. Not, yeah. not all of them in there, but you look at that that group as a whole, it's no different whatsoever than that mob on Tucker Carlson's doorstep. Because yeah. they're not there to chronicle the presidency. No. They're not there to report what's going on. They're there to to uh, attack and heckle I mean, that's not the press. All right. The longtime listeners know that I have a really big problem with a quote unquote White House press corps. So, number one, if you if if you are so submissive to your freedom of press that you're willing to accept uh, this elite status where you can get permission to speak or not speak. Well, they take that, it as elite status. Yeah, I mean, it's well, just that's, per, why it's they, just, that's why they put up with it. Right, but it's just, you know, you have permission to come in here. I mean, you've been vetted. You're not some terrorist with a gun I- hidden in your camera or whatever. So, I mean, that's really all the, 
press corps press pass. Right. I mean, anybody can anybody can get in there if you Obviously, go through the process. <laughs> some of the people who ask questions. Yeah. My name is Joe Smith, and I'm with with uh, Goodyear Rubber Tires Online. Can I ask you a question? Right. Uh, Trump, Trump would say yeah. yeah Trump right. would probably talk to that guy longer than he talked to Jim Acosta. <laughs> and the Chinese guy he couldn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> but I want I want to point out. See, this is Japan, this is Japanese, Japanese yeah. guy. Sorry. She said, "Say hello to Shinzo." Shinzo. <laughs> Which I, I didn't. It didn't click. Like, <laughs> oh, the prime minister. I was thinking, <laughs> who's Shinzo? What is he talking about? Shinzo? Is that some? Cartoon character in Japan. <laughs> I thought he was being funny. And then you're I, right. I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's, yeah, their leader. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that now we have CNN with their panties on fire uh, trying to cover up for Acosta, trying to say that the only reason Donald Trump went against Acosta was because Acosta was asking him questions he didn't want to answer. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. You said panties on fire. I was thinking you, you, you must be, you must be thinking of Don Lemon at CNN. He's he'd be the one with panties on fire. <laughs> okay. Because he'd be the panty wearer. The panty wearer. Okay. So we're really, really anyway, dropping low. Here so today. they're mad because they're mad. Trump kicked him out. They're tr- they're mad because Trump pulled his press c- uh, pass. Right. Um, and they're saying it's all because. He was asking questions that Trump didn't want to answer. Nonsense. Now, I want to play for you some audio that happened when Barack Obama was president. And Barack Obama uh, was having a press conference. And so listen to this audio. Americans is, yeah, hold on a second. I, uh, okay, you know what? No, 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 no. Hey, yeah, listen, you're in my house. Come on. It's, it's not. You know what? It's not. It's not respectful when you get invited to somebody. You're not going. We're going to pick up with this after the break because it actually gets better than that. And this, again, is Barack Obama and wears the same standard. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with uh, my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. We're picking up with this Barack Obama uh radical response to a reporter asking him questions. Listen really closely. 
it's, it's, it's not, you know what? It's not, it's not respectful when you get invited to somebody. You're not going to get a good response from me by interrupting me like this. Shame on you. You shouldn't be doing this. Come on. Can we escort this person out? Come on. You, you, can, you can either stay and, and be quiet, or we'll have to take you out. All right. Can we have this person removed, please? How is that? How is that? Right. So I just I want to ask that question because Barack Obama actually has this guy removed. Yeah. Trump did not have said, Acosta removed. Well, he said some of the same things Trump said or and vice then, versa. Right. Exactly. You're being rude. You're being shame rude. on you. Shame on he you. Said shame on CNN. And what happened in the press corps audience when Barack Obama said those exact same words that Donald Trump said? Yeah, they cheered Obama. If you, if Obama, you, yeah, if Obama, you, if you listen to the press conference with Trump, you can hear a lot of those reporters grumbling and 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 you know making noise mm-hmm. against Trump. Against Trump, let, let him ask, you know answer a question. Let him ask his question. He's asking a question. This kind of thing. So you didn't see that cheering for the president once. Once again, I mean, th- this this happens over and over and over again. How do you? It's just like we talked about newspapers endorsing candidates. You're you're the press corps. You're supposed to be reporting on the presidency, not cheering for the presidency. How are you or booing? Right. Vice versa. How are you objective when you've taken this uh, open emotional position for or against who you're supposed to be covering? See, I think that our, our, I don't know if this is a failing in our schools of journalism. I don't know if this is a failing in public in general. But it seems to me that reporters are confused between the terms reporter and editorial. Right? Because our articles have become editorials now instead of people actually reporting the news. You know what? I have heard them. Th- so th- it's interesting you say that. I have heard them use the term advocate to describe themselves. So journalists, they say we're advocates for freedom, advocates for truth, that sort of thing. No, you're supposed to report what is, not be an advocate, right? It's not about your opinion if you're a journalist, in- unless you're an opinion journalist, right? An editorial, right. if you're writing an opinion yeah. So they go in there and they advocate for something, right? Whatever they perceive as justice. Never mind that uh, half of America doesn't perceive what you, you know, what you're saying is justice. So it's not that is not the role of journalism to advocate a position. And so and they're that's why I said they're not editorials. They're right, not opinion pieces. They're advocating against Trump's. Uh, policy. So actually, they're, judi- they're they're actually they're journalistic activists. activists. They are activists. They journalistic are not journalists. Activists. Well, no, I- they're they're activists. Uh, activists, um, basically using uh, the cover of journalism. You can say they're not journalistic advocates. There's nothing journalistic about them. They're activists using the cover of journalism. And they're not even interested in truth. 
right? Because if anybody was interested in truth, then all of a sudden you would have this, hey, this is this is the president's house and this is how the president responded when Barack, you know, when Barack Obama was president and and you know, I mean, we we would be seeing these two videos juxtaposition each other. Yeah. But you can't because number one, the ident- the the media is not going to call out themselves. No. They're not going to expose themselves. And I think this is why I have to agree with Thomas Jefferson when he wrote to John Norville on June 15, 1807. He said, quote, nothing can now be believed which is seen in a newspaper. And that was he, he was president at that time, by the way. Uh, he said, truth itself becomes suspicious by being put into that polluted vehicle. Yeah. The real extent of this state of misinformation is known only to those who are in situations to confront facts within their knowledge with the lies of the day. You, you have this in an article online? I do. I have this in an article online. You have these videos embedded there? I don't have these videos embedded, but that's really true. I need to get these videos embedded in that article. That would be great. So the, the article that I have uh, is about uh, the Boston Globe cries free press. That's the article. And that's what I'll do when uh, we're finished with this show. I'm going to go ahead and embed these videos. You could practically update and repost that article every day. I know, right? Something like this happens with the media every single day. Yes, every single day. Every, wow. But but see... because you listen to the Chris Ann Hall show, you know this, you see this. We are constantly exposing the hypocrisy on both sides. We are constantly exposing this on social media and, and in so many different places. And that's where the censorship and shadow banning and and open banning comes from. When you said the media is not going to expose itself. So you have people, you're out there and, and, and many other independent journalists and conservative commentators are out there exposing this. So then Google and Facebook uh, swoops in and s- shuts down this message on on all of their platforms. So uh, here we got on Twitter. We put up on Twitter. We put up on Instagram these two pictures, uh, screen captures of Nancy Pelosi. Which, by the way, these two tweets are still on Nancy Pelosi's uh, Twitter page. Yeah. I just pulled them off two days ago. You can't take them down and, now. And and <laughs> so they're up there now. And this is not somebody. Uh, this is not somebody tampering. Nobody hacked Nancy. This is her. So we have Nancy. In March uh, of 2017, saying, quote, we are far past recusal. Jeff Sessions lied under an oath. Anything less than resignation or removal from office is unacceptable. Then you have Nancy Pelosi on November 7th, 2018, saying it's impossible to read Attorney General's firing as anything other than a blatant attempt by Donald Trump to undermine and end special counsel Mueller's investigation. Yeah. This guy needs needs to be removed. Why are you removing him? Right. He, anything. <laughs> listen to this. Anything less than resignation or removal of, from office is unacceptable. And so now you have the liberals coming on because I tweeted this and it, it got pretty popular on Twitter. Superman follows me. Yes. And so I'm excited the that real super, Superman. the real Superman, the real Superman follows me. I'm really like really excited about that. But any. <laughs> But anyway, um, love you, Dean. I'm just we're just being silly. But anyway, 
the, the liberals are coming out, that's out of context. You're taking it out of context. That was one situation versus another. And, and, and my response is simply, so he became refit for office between now and then? Right. Somehow he <laughs> restored his fitness to office? Because, uh-huh. you see, here's the thing. And, and, and we, we had a purge show recently. And so I just want to sort of highlight the purge show that we had this. I think we had like two purge shows in a row on the Daily Journal this week. All right. So here's the thing. If you hated uh, uh, Jeff Sessions in 2016 but loved Jeff Sessions in 2018, you might be a Republican. Right. If you hate, loved Jeff Sessions, uh, hated Jeff Sessions in 2017, and you loved Jeff Sessions in 2018, you might be a, a, a liberal Democrat. Okay. Right? Because this is how this politics works. I want to take that one further. It's crazy. If you love liberty, you will have always not liked Jeff Sessions. Oh, that sounds familiar. Right? Seriously. So when the haters were hating on Chris Ann because she was pointing out Jeff Sessions is an unconstitutional status tyrant, and now Chris Ann is loved because she's still counting, calling for Jeff Sessions' removal and that, that he's a statist, unconstitutional tyrant. Yeah, Trump agrees with you. Okay, no, you agree with Trump. That's what you're saying. Chris Ann agrees with Trump. No, no, no. Trump finally agrees with me. Right. Can I can I just pull a Rush Limbaugh here? Trump finally agrees with me. <laughs> okay. I don't know if he's listening, but that's the that is the order of events here. Yeah. And it's just an indication of where you stand. That's why we are. How does our motto go? Principle over party. Liberty over security. Principle over party and truth over your favorite politician. Your favorite politician. So look, this is not about Trump. This is not about. Uh, anything but hypocrisy and in st- in just standards, and 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 unfortunately, when you stand for the standards all the time, that means you're gonna be hated by one side yeah. or the other, because there's one thing that's true, JC, about politics. It always flips. Sure. And people who are political prostitutes, like Nancy Pelosi, will always flip. If it's always about defending your tribe or the leader of your tribe, there you go. Then. You know, it's going to be it's going to change because I mean, because first off, people change their positions and then, you know, you find out more stuff. It's it's the I don't know. Anyway, I don't I don't get on Jeff Sessions again. We, we've spoke ad nauseum about buyer beware with this guy. Right. And so that's crazy. Yeah. So so what you see in this thing is, you know, whatever serves the political purpose at the moment, that's how these people think. And so the Democrats at this at this time, you know, it's about, well, that guy was basically protecting the Mueller investigation. So he serves our purposes. And now you potentially have a guy that's saying, wait, wait a minute. We're not going to have some investigator who has no boss and no limits. Right. That's nuts. Right. You know, who who does he answer to? And you're saying he needs to answer to no one. That's bonkers. So we covered the uh, controversy over over 
Sessions replacement, his name Whitaker. is Whitaker, right? I want to say Whitmore. I don't know why Whitmore. Cuff Whitmore. Cuff, right, right, right. So Whitaker, who took over after him. And I want to tell you, JC, we are getting rave reviews of that Daily Journal. So if you have not heard the Daily Journal about the Whitmore controversy, go to chrisannhall.com, go to the Chris Ann Hall radio show, and listen to the episode of the Daily Journal called The Whitmore Controversy. Whitaker. The Whitaker. The Whitaker Controversy. And and uh, get caught up. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. This you, is you the last. A, yeah. You should see Attorney General Whitaker deadlift. The guy's a beast. Is he really? He's a monster. Oh, see, I want to see somebody in the Trump administration be hired from UFC. See, that's what this I guy, want to see. I don't know if he like, knows how to punch or choke, but yeah, he's, this guy could probably hurt somebody. Hurt somebody. He, he's, he's a beast, man. So this is the last segment of our first hour. So we have to say goodbye to those of you who only care, who are, whose provider only carries you for one hour. So here we are. We're, uh, I, I just want you to know. So long. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to sing again. JC loves to break out in song. He doesn't sing anywhere else, you guys, but right here on Let's air go. with you. So <laughs> Sound of music uh, popped in my head. Yeah, yeah. Time so long, farewell, our feet are saying goodbye. Uh-huh. Okay, so anyway, uh, we have great stuff. We're going to be talking about the Antifa, what is that word? Protest, protest. Oh, at what, Tucker Carlson's home. What side is home. that? RT. RT. Yeah. The Antifa protest at Tucker Carlson's home. And uh, I'll show you why that's not a protest. But we're also going to get into the the recent DACA, uh, quote unquote, judicial opinion. And I want to I want to point out to you, uh, those of you, Chris Ann Hall followers, uh, what's really going on here with this DACA thing. And what's amazing, just as a preview for the next segment, this opinion issued by this district court is, my goodness, so close to being fraudulent judicial misconduct that it's, it's, it's almost scary. I mean, they say things that are simply skirting the edge of truth, right? So what we have here is total judicial activism, but also factual distortions that if, a, if an attorney submitted a brief trying to propose this is their argument. It could be sanctioned. They could be sanctioned, could be disbarred. Um, and so I want you to know I've, I've read the court, court's opinion. I've read the supporting documents that they reference, and it's, it's just absolutely crazy. Now, JC, I noticed that uh, you put up on your Instagram uh, this thing about Tucker Carlson. Uh-huh. And so I know this really... This really chaps you, this whole idea. And you were and you yeah. said in your Instagram page that Tucker Carlson 
almost got it right. So no, no, tell us what not, happened. No, it wasn't Tucker Carlson. It was the guy writing the story oh, about Tucker Carlson. Okay, all right. Tell me about I, it then. I don't have my Instagram. I don't remember the name of the guy. I remember his first name was Edmund. Will you uh, tell us about it, and I'll find it up yeah, on your no, Instagram. He, just, he so. was just you know, telling uh, what went on, I guess, these um, this mob. And I think the headline was mob, something about a mob and Tucker Carlson. And so this mob shows up at his home. Uh, now, he, Carl, Tucker Carlson was about to go on the air, so he's not at home. So his wife and children are there. Um, his wife locked herself in a, in a pantry uh-huh. to protect herself. Holy this, cow. Yeah, this mob, uh, uh, they basically, uh, I think, kicked in the door. They damaged, they broke the front door. Um, his name is Edmund DeMarch. Yeah, so Fox good, News. Yeah, so Edmund good, DeMarch. Good article laying out mob chance threats happened. outside Tucker Carlson's DC home. Yeah, apparently they were caught. He has them on video, and they were caught talking about. They were said, "You're not safe," and they were talking about pipe bombs. You know, and, the and, the mob was yes threats. So, oh my goodness. So the guy, yeah. So the guy gets all the way. I was. I was j- I was just like <laughs> in the motion of like, going to send the guy a message to say thank you thank for you. not using not calling these people protesters and he got to the last sentence sentence and said something about um Brit Hume's opinion on the protests and I went ah you blew it it was a great article then you got to the last sentence and you classified this criminal behavior as protest and they keep doing now rt i don't know i you know i don't necessarily expect I, i'm not surprised the some Russian of those guys yeah. get it wrong but well look we gotta uh we're gonna be constantly. cutting off here for you guys that cover us uh, that only carry us for an hour so go to chrisannhall.com go to soundcloud go to itunes go to google play uh go, go to, to soundcloud TuneIn. like the page yeah. like like the podcast there you go go click to soundcloud like, get a thousand like, people on there and click like 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 like, like, like. heart it Heart it, heart it. SoundCloud. Heart us at SoundCloud, the Chris Ann Hall show, and you can't miss the rest of this show. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. We are Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality, whether that be Jim Acosta, Nancy Pelosi, or even Donald Trump. And so we are at chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. And we also have the most excellent constitutional history training uh, in the world at libertyfirstuniversity.com. Libertyfirstuniversity.com. Go there or be square. We are, and and I, I'm glad you mentioned that uh, as we were leaving the break into the last break, JC, I'm, I'm not very good at this and I'm trying to train myself to be better, but you know, uh, JC and I don't get paid to do this show. We don't have major sponsors. We don't have, um, 
syndications that are paying for our show. We do this because we love you, because we love our neighbor, because we love liberty, because we want a better place for our child. And you can help us, actually, by just simply going to SoundCloud, hearting, giving us a big heart there (laughs) on SoundCloud and uh, uh, following us on SoundCloud. Yeah, whether you listen on SoundCloud or not. Yeah, right. You can listen on another platform. Just go to SoundCloud and like like the podcast. Because the more people that like and follow the podcast, the better opportunities we have to have sponsors to help us continue to do this. And we're gonna uh, get off Podomatic. I'm having, we're having problems with Podomatic. There's I don't know what's happened to us. I don't know if it's even coming back. So go to SoundCloud. But it doesn't matter if you listen there or not. Um, just go there and like it. Then you can go back to your iTunes, your Google Play, whatever. However you listen to it. Yeah, but just take a little break. SoundCloud I mean, it won't cost convenient. you a dime to go there. Uh, SoundCloud is convenient for me. I get I get the show. I get an email uh, from SoundCloud. A new episode comes right to me. Got SoundCloud app on the phone. You know, and I can listen to other stuff and music and whatever. Uh so I, I actually like it. You like SoundCloud? I do. Awesome. Awesome. So what we have now, once again, is this opportunity for a teaching moment. Antifa at Tucker Carlson's home are not protesters. Yeah, we, we need to. I, send, I still send a message, by the way, to whoever I could. Edmund DeMarc. Editor and mm-hmm. Fox and whatever and said, stop Stop using this term protest inappropriately. This is not protest. You're planting the seeds of error when you teach people that this is protest. Protest is a protected right. It is, is, we have government to protect protesters. Breaking someone's front door in, threatening, you know, making. Threatening with violence. Threatening with violence and pipe bombs. Uh, that trespassing that, that's not protected uh activity. activity that's criminal activity that is absolutely criminal activity so and stop calling it protest stop calling them protesters when you hear this when you see this please push back tell them to stop using this term this this is i mean this sounds silly right all oh, semantics jc no it's not they're they're this uh shapes the understanding of the American people, particularly young people, people growing up hearing this, this is not protest. Well, not only that, JC, um, because you know I go around and I teach law enforcement, I teach uh, peace peace officers, and the problem that I see here is that this kind of speech even confuses those who are sent out to defend Right. People. Exactly, because they hear it classified as that, and so therefore, what triggers in their mind are the certain, you know, restrictions and requirements and and latitude uh, given to protest. So if they say it's protest, then you see, like in Portland, now I understand it's probably different motivation, but but I think some of it was in there in Portland. Well, they're protesters. We can't we can't go overboard because it's their right to do this. Yeah. So well, that's why this that's why this terminology is significant. It's shaping thought, which shapes action. Which puts people in danger, right, and, and, and destroys your liberty. Not yeah, and then then you have the quote unquote experts on the on the pundit shows and oh, the news shows, and yeah, then they right. call them. I mean, I, I I have heard attorneys. Yep. I have heard attorneys. Yeah, when on we heard, Fox News. Right when we heard Greta Van Susteren oh, basically looking goodness. at the violence 
around uh, the, the Trump um, campaign rally and all this sort of stuff. And she, she's basically, well, you know, it's tough to balance their right and this right and that right. They, they don't have a right to balance. do what they were doing. So Balance. You don't have a right to destroy somebody's but, property, but she was, punch people in the face. Right. But she was broadly classifying it as protest. And so, therefore, what triggered in her mind was, again, the protections and the latitude you have to give that. And so th- that's pure confusion. And it destroys your liberty. So, I mean, you, you go So then in you get officers. You call officers. These people are outside my home. They're standing in yeah. my property. Yeah. Well, and we can't do anything, We man. can't do anything, That's man. protected speech. Are you kidding me? No. It's criminal trespassing. Yep. It is not. It is. It is. Okay, so this is sort of one of my pet peeves. And I don't know, maybe maybe I'm a little off the mark here. But as a former prosecutor, there's a difference between assault and battery. Right. Okay, so assault is when you make a threat uh-huh. that is imminently possible to carry out. Battery is when you connect. Battery is when you connect. Right, very, very good. So um, this in particular, outside of... Tucker Carlson's home is qualified as criminal assault because not only are they making threats, but they have the apparent immediate ability to carry them out. They're not calling her up on the phone and saying, hey, we're coming to your house next Tuesday to blow you up. Right. So that is a threat, but it's not an assault. If you're standing on the porch and you're breaking the door and saying you're not safe. Okay, if a you're standing person. on the porch, breaking the door, now you are felony breaking and entering. Right. Okay, so that is now a felony offense. And so stop stop confusing our children. Stop confusing those who are supposed to be uh, defending our rights. And here's the crazy thing, JC. Why aren't we teaching these differences in our academies that train up our officers? Here's something. You are. I I am. I am. And I will come and train your officers at no cost to you. I know by my uh, economics professor that I can't say I'll come and teach you for free because there is nothing that is free. It will cost me to get out there. But I will come and teach your officers at no cost to you. I I would say minimum cost. Minimum cost? Low fee. Low fee? Minimum fee. Minimum fee. So nonetheless, I went. This is too important. It is, I mean, it's too it is valu- really This is important. valuable. Okay, this is valuable. This is protecting liberty. This is protecting life and property. So I don't think you ought to give it away for free. But I, I think you come there, you'll get valuable information that's going to help your officers keep your department out of lawsuit and help you protect the people and their liberty in the way that you're supposed to. This is eminently valuable. Well, I just taught a group full of uh, young people in Florida. Uh, it's called the Young Explorers or the Junior Sheriffs. Right. I taught them a class on yeah. defining the difference between protest and riot. And see, that's the thing. We do, you do teach places like these young people and you know, colleges and things, uh, classes of young people that that can't are pay. not they can't pay they're not going to be they're not buying a bunch of books and whatever and that that's where folks listening can be a monthly supporter if you think this is valuable and you you know and and you think this helps which it does is protecting liberty is protecting life and property and it's sowing into these young people and so if you think it's valuable you know you can be 
a monthly supporter to make those things possible where we could yeah. we, you're able to get this information and training to people that are not able to pay. I wish we could have had people there watching this training and watching these young people come to the realization of the difference between riot and protest. These young people who who wanted who are in this program because they want to be peacekeepers uh, one day were asking me and engaging in in a conversation that was better than most of the adults that I get in in this type of environment. You know, they really wanted to know and they were shocked that what they'd been taught and what they've been led to believe was simply not true. And I'm thank you, JC, for bringing that up because we do need listener support. Like I said, we don't get money for this show. And if you believe in what we're doing, if you believe in the value of what you're what we're doing, so into that and be a monthly supporter, you can do that at chrisanhall.com. You just click the donate button and you can be a regular uh, monthly supporter. Seriously, if you support... Uh, the Republican Party, if you support the Democrat Party, then you can support uh, teachings of liberty. Look, I'm not trying to be critical, but I think because all the stuff is free, I mean, if, if, if everything is free, you give everything away and, 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 and you place no value on it, then that means the message is not going to spread. Like people, you know, we love the message. We love what you're doing. Everybody needs to hear this. Well, then it can't be free all the time because you got to have resources to expand the message. Right. If, if everything's free, then it's not going to go anywhere because you're not going to be able to afford to spread it. It's just simple as that. Well, so that, that's why people who really believe in it and their support is critical. Yeah. That's why people. I mean, you look at folks with the. I mean, Tucker Carlson, he's writing all his books. He's selling his books because he wants the message to get out there and right. have resources to be able to spread it. So that's the point of that. And so you, you help people if you're. If you support, then you help, you know, help it go further. Well, we we do appreciate everybody's support and we would appreciate anybody who would be willing to help us. Absolutely. In in what we do, because we believe that this is valuable so much so that we've been doing this for eight years now. And we're trying to expand what we do with Liberty First University, expanding the radio show back to a week every day or, you know, the Daily Journal because uh, we cut off the Daily Journal for a while. Right. It was just, I mean, it, it consumes a lot of time, a lot of resources. So once again, if you if if you see the value in what we're doing, chrisannhall.com, click the donate button, and you can do regular monthly support just one time, right? And that's how it works. You know how that works, right, JC? Yep. They just go to to the website, and they can do a recurring donation. Is that how that works? They can. Well, uh, we've we've got to get this information out there because, and here's the thing too, why don't you contact Fox? Why don't you contact RT as well and say, look, stop using this word protest. Right, that's what I did. And and we if we get active and we start teaching the those who are speaking what they should and should not say, maybe we can take back the narrative and start working together to defend liberty. Chris Ann Hall Show.
She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Uh, this is our second hour of our show. We're glad that you are with us today. And I want to talk to you about this whole DACA decision. So the NPR reports federal appeals court deals Trump another setback on DACA. And uh, this is a federal appeals court in California, which has issued an opinion to, uh, well, let me just read it the way NPR has it, has blocked the Trump administration from immediately terminating an Obama-era program protecting from deportation young immigrants brought illegally to the U.S. as children. That's an interesting phraseology there, isn't that? So they, they're recognizing that they're illegally here. You don't see the media do that very often, do you? They usually call them like undocumented or something. But so now uh, because the children are victims of their parents bringing them here illegally. Now this is a three-judge panel, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and that's where everybody joins in a groan, right? The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And uh, this is the typically liberal, as they say, quote-unquote, section of the federal court system. However, uh, I don't know that you can actually say that they're the only ones anymore because now everybody's pretty much a federal supremacist, so you're just siding with the federal government on one side (laughs) of the spectrum or the other side of the spectrum. And so remembering now how this really works and the intent of the founders for the judiciary, remember James, or the Alexander Hamilton described the judiciary as the weakest form of government, that they have neither sword nor purse, and that they only offer opinions and that they have no force behind what they do. So the idea that the federal courts in California can block Donald Trump's administration from terminating DACA is is ridiculous from the get-go because constitutionally speaking, the Trump administration simply has to say, no, we, we see your opinion. We're going to do it anyway. Well, they blocked it because they submit to it. Right, exactly. It's not the court that is blocking Trump. It's Trump's acceptance yeah. that's blocking yeah, it should Trump. Say, it should say the Trump administration submitted to the federal appeals court opinion. Right, exactly. Because the court has no ability to block anything. Right. They have no police force. They have no nothing, right? They have no funding, no control over funding. So the Trump administration has submitted to the opinion, or you can say will temporarily submit to their opinion uh, pending appeal, pending further appeal. So here's that, that's that would be an accurate description. One, uh, this is the very first problem that I have with this entire case, and I've I've got it up here on my computer screen. JC sitting right next to me. I want you to tell me um, who is filing this case. 
Regents of the University of California, Janet Napolitano as president of UC. Filing a case against who? Against Department of Homeland Security, Christian Nielsen. Is that not a conflict of interest in anybody else's mind? Former Homeland Security Security head head. suing current Homeland Security head. Yes. How, I mean, seriously, I think that this is a deep-seated problem here. With Janet Napolitano, that I think that's akin to to uh, Alina Kagan sitting in judgment of Obamacare when she was on the Solicitor General's uh, uh, pay, writing, oh, defending Obamacare. Yeah, it's interesting. This is I, I don't know, maybe because I'm seeing more into this, but this is very interesting that we have. A, a former Department of Homeland Security head suing the Department of Homeland Security as a regent of the college where she is now president. Right. I, th- that, I have a really, really big problem with that. Now, the next thing we're going to do, we're going to go straight to the opinion, which is like 12 pages down because there are so many lawyers involved in this. And when we get back after the break, we're going to get into the nuts and the bolts of this and why this court's opinion should be legally outrageous. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And we're going over now the Ninth Circuit's opinion in DACA. Now, what's crazy about this opinion, J.C., is that the entire the, the first beginning of this opinion is nothing but a novel, okay? We have, it's not about law. It's not about the Constitution. It's not about legal principle. It's, it's not a about judge. Story. It is, it is. It is an activist yeah. judge yeah. turning the emotions of the people to justify their, their opinion, which is not based in law. Dolce Garcia embodies the American dream. Born into poverty, Garcia and her parents shared a San Diego house with other families to save money on rent. She was even homeless for a time as a child, but she studied hard and excelled academically in high school. Does that sound like a legal opinion to you, rendering an opinion about the law? See, okay, thank you very much, JC. Does that sound independent and objective to you? No, sir. This is an activist judge. Now, by the very definition of the terms by which this judge holds office, Judge Wardlow of the Ninth Circuit, uh, ought to be impeached. This is bad behavior. Our founders specifically said, as they were creating the office of judiciary in the Constitution, 
Dolce Garcia appears no different from any other productive, indeed inspiring, young American. That's part of the opinion. Yeah. And our, our, those people who created the judicial department said that when, uh, when judges impose their will over the law, I went, re- read that part for us, JC, because that's was like, Recognizing the cruelty and wastefulness of deporting productive young people to countries with which they have no ties. The Department of the Security, the Secretary of Homeland Security announced a policy in 2012 that would provide some relief to individuals like Garcia. Seriously, this goes on and on. But after a change in presidential administrations in 2017, the government to move moved to end the DACA program. Why? seriously why Why? i i this is this is an opinion piece i don't even know how anybody can attribute the judicial system as being anything akin to law anymore with this kind of emotional rhetoric you know what we what we say in the courtroom jc that if you don't have facts you argue the law if you don't have facts or law you argue emotion. Right. And that's exactly what this court is doing because the entire rest of the opinion is not based on fact. It is not based on law. It is based on a desire to to evoke emotion in the people to be contrary to this president. Now, what I... um. I want to skip over to this one part. So uh, hold on a second. I'm actually getting ahead of myself in my excitement. What we have to understand, this entire opinion is not about overturning uh, or, or making any kind of an opinion on DACA itself. Right. This is about an injunction to, uh, to stop Donald Trump from revoking DACA until the court can address this from a permanent issue. But shouldn't the shouldn't what was in view what should have been in view was whether or not, yes or no, uh, the executive has the authority to rescind this. They spend much of okay, the opinion so, talking about mm-hmm. the validity of Deferred action, deporting, not deporting, whatever. That's not what's in question. Right. Because their argument was Barack Obama uh, unlawfully created legislation by executive order. Since since Obama made this by executive order, mm-hmm. Trump can undo this by executive order. Right. And that's... that's the question. Okay, so, and, and that's exactly, that's right. That's where I was sort of getting ahead of myself at. Now, here's, here's the principle. This court opinion uh, reissued by the Ninth Circuit has, has nothing to do with that real question at issue. And it can't have anything to do with that real question issue because every precedent that, that leads up to this Ninth Circuit based on the legitimacy of DACA, right? So what they're doing is they're following DACA 
what they do is they cite DACA as being administered by Eric Holder through a memo in 2012. And then they, they, they take you forward to the Supreme Court's um, per curiam uh, writ of certiorari on, on um, uh, Holder's 2012 memo where the Supreme Court says the judgment is affirmed by an equally divided court. Now, what had happened was the original uh, a memorandum came under scrutiny uh, because the states filed an injunction to stop the imposition of Eric Holder's DACA through memorandum. Right. So we have a bunch of states suing the federal government, the Department of Justice, for DACA. And the district courts leading up to the Supreme Court decided that the states did not have enough facts behind them that would, uh, would support their case to support an injunction. So here's how it works. When somebody files an injunction, the validity of the injunction then comes into question. We're not judging the matter of law. We're judging the injunction. And when an injunction comes under question, the, the rule of the law is, does the case of the injunction hold enough merit to be supported in court? Okay. This, this actually came up and said the state's injunction does not have enough merit to be upheld in court so we're going to dismiss the injunction and proceed with the lawsuit so the law stays active until the termination of the lawsuit does that make sense yep okay so that's what this is all about now this this entire ninth circuit opinion that was just issued is all about that argument about the state suing Eric Holder Mm -hmm. because that's their sort of preview of what the Supreme Court, they say, is going to say about Donald Trump overturning DACA. So they completely spin this entire thing and say, well, because the Supreme Court uh, did not uphold the state's injunction against Eric Holder's memorandum, then Donald Trump is wrong and we must block this. Do you see that? Yeah. The problem is the entire reasoning behind the courts dis- dismissing the injunction the states filed against Eric Holder was the rationalization that the president has the authority and Eric Holder under the president has the authority to issue this under the congressional terms of the Uniform Rule of Naturalization. So the court has opined, supported by the Supreme Court of the United States, that this is within the purview of the president to do in the under the authority delegated to him by Congress. Right. If that is exactly the case, which it is, that's what the yellow opinion about is, then the president, now being Donald Trump, has the same purview that a Barack Obama had and the Department of, of uh, Justice has the same purview now that Eric Holder had, which would allow Donald Trump and the Department of Justice to revoke DACA. 
Right. Does that make sense? Yes. I hope that makes sense. So their whole pen, they basically walk through their whole reasoning to affirm that Barack Obama and Eric Holder had the right to do what they did in in issuing this. Right. And then they said, but Trump doesn't have that same but power. But Trump does not have that same power. So they power. basically opined that every future administration has to be bound by the executive action of a previous president in this case uh, or only in this only case. in this case so only you could overturn in this case other actions executive order can overturn executive order but not in this case yes yes but not in this case and they do so now shouldn't this with such deceit and disingenuous quoting of the uh, of the uh, circuit cases that led up to Eric Holder's, um, uh, led up to the court siding with Eric Holder over the states, and they actually here's here's one of the the nastiest things that they do. So this is on page nine of their opinion. Johnson memorandum were joined enjoined nationwide in a district court order upheld by the Fifth Circuit and affirmed by an equally divided Supreme Court. After a new presidential administration took office, the acting Secretary of Homeland Security, Elaine Duke, issued a memorandum in September rescinding DACA. Okay? This is, this is what they're trying to, they're trying to say that the Supreme Court, although equally divided, affirmed our affirms our opinion that Donald Trump can't do this. When in reality, the Supreme Court issued really no opinion at all other than a writ of certiorari. I mean, the, the opinion is one line, per curiam, meaning nobody took credit for this. The judgment is affirmed by an equally divided court, right? Because we only had eight people at that time, which meaning they didn't have a tiebreaker to overturn it, so it stays. But what they're affirming is not that Trump can't overturn DACA, but that the president has the authority to determine these matters unilaterally. Right. And so they're lying. They're lying in this paragraph when they assert that the Supreme Court actually supports what they say. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. So is this a lie, JC? I mean, seriously, because this deception is so strong as an attorney. If I were to issue a, a memorandum in brief that asserts that a Supreme Court opinion supports my assertion, my legal assertion, and then that judge went back and read behind me and realized that the court's opinion actually supports the exact opposite of what I am asserting. Not only would I be reprimanded in open court, 
But if the if my assertion was so uh, egregious. egregious, I could be sanctioned. I could be disbarred. And this paragraph on page nine, where they actually assert that the Supreme Court supports what they're doing, is deception at best, and at truth a flat-out lie. Because the Supreme Court said nothing of the sort, and the only thing that the Supreme Court upheld was, number one, that the states did not have a strong enough case to create an injunction. See, the Supreme Court didn't even give an opinion on the, on the memorandum itself. Right. So the Supreme Court's opinion was about whether the states had a strong enough case to end to to block the in, to to block the memorandum by injunction. But not only that, the Supreme Court's opinion affirms that the president of the United States that the that the director of homeland security has the authority by power delegated to them by Congress to make this decision. And I don't know, maybe I'm just mad about this because I'm a lawyer and the courts really tick me off. Well, I would, to me, it seems to me, so the question is, does, the question would be, does the law of uniform, the uniform rules of naturalization as determined by Congress, is this in there? Do they, is this supported by that law? So does it say one way or another this has to happen or, or, or does it say, you know, that the, that the president well, can, see, has latitude. It, the to, president has latitude. That's you know, what the law says. Fill in the details. Yeah. The president has great latitude in the issues of immigration. Yeah. So then now you should be able to, in, if right. that's the case, look at the law and say, well, Obama can do this, but Trump can't do that. Exactly. The whole idea that this series of courts all the way up to 2016 said that DACA is okay because the president has this latitude. You can't go back and say, well, this particular this president, president doesn't have that latitude. Because the entire case was about the president having latitude. And, and, and it's just a gross, gross display of activism i don't even know how anybody can have a legitimate i don't know how any law professor could look at this and have a legitimate discussion on this case having any kind of of legal value at all it is it is so telling and so egregious that that we're talking about grounds for impeachment here not only that i mean we're not even getting into the fact that the uh, uniform rule of naturalization is a power that's delegated to Congress and Congress has shirked their responsibility and their authority by dumping this on the president in the first place. Our founders and the drafters of the constitution never wanted the president to have this kind of authority for this exact reason. We are in constitutional crisis. We have a chaos here on immigration because once again we've deviated from the Constitution and established a reality that our founders specifically tried to prevent. We don't give the president the authority to determine who is an alien and who is not because that will change from administration to administration. It's got to be a matter of law. I hope that really makes sense. Because yeah, so, it's just plain out clear to me. Well. Crystal clear. And I think uh, 
it's interesting because that's where I think Trump was talking about the birthright citizenship thing. And you have in that paper where they said these guys were brought here illegally. Well, if they're brought here illegally, they're not citizens. Right, right. So go to chrisannhall.com. You can catch up on the articles on these issues of citizenship and get really, really educated beyond your law professors. God bless you guys. We'll see you on Monday on The Daily Journal. Let me know.